Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Three in a row, J.C. Stanley Johnson officially back in the fold. And could it be that the Lakers finally have some momentum? How many times have we said that sentence this season? J.C., at least, at least I would like to finish this homestand with a nice five-game sweep as the Lakers look to push a little ahead of 500 for really the first time all season. Welcome back. Welcome in, everybody, to the Ethos Lakers podcast. Ethan and JC, that's right. You get not one, but both of us today. JC, it's been a little while, but it's always good to reconnect with you, especially when you and I have both had the opportunity to see the Lakers play in person recently. And I figured we'd start there just to share a little bit of our experiences before we dive into a whole lot going on with this team between Stanley Johnson, trade rumors, uh, believe it or not, halfway point in the season coming up just around the corner. Darren Collison, THT, Malik Monk, we're going to talk about all of it, not to mention the outstanding play of LeBron James. But I want to get start with, you know, a little personal experience here. We were both talking about going to games recently, you against the Rockets, me against the Kings. I'd love to hear about your experience watching the boys in person. Yeah, so on December 28th, uh, for those that don't know, LeBron and I actually have the same birthday. And uh, I've always wanted to see him play on our birthday. And uh, I, the, the first few years in his career, there will always be a game on his birthday in there. There hasn't been the last couple of years, not since 2018. And 2018 was uh, after the uh, the groin strain on Christmas uh, versus the Warriors. So I, he didn't play that game. Uh, but so on December 28th, they played in Houston and I live in Austin. So it's a couple of hours away. And it was a it was a fantastic game. Like there was there was it was a historic game for a lot of reasons. Uh, LeBron's first start at center, uh, his thirty six thousandth point. I think it was one of only fourteen times in history that two players have had a triple double at the same time. Um, and uh, second time I've seen him get a triple double in person. And so, yeah, it was just a, a great game all around. Um, you know, Houston for whatever reason. They're not one of the great teams, and you can argue maybe they shouldn't have struggled the way they they might have against Houston. But you know, COVID was affecting most teams in the league, and so it was still a great game and lots of history that I witnessed. Um, you know, lots of LeBron history that I witnessed in that one game. So it was just a fantastic environment. Watching the Lakers in person is like 
it's like an experience that's completely indescribable to someone who who has no idea what that's like or no idea kind of what like you know that experience just feels like especially especially at home but even on the road jc and in your case obviously lakers were on the road but the fan base travels well and you know yeah. on, on my end like there's there's a different experience you know i've been fortunate enough to have a little bit of time off of work recently the the perks of the school schedule, we'll call it, because perks are few and far between in a COVID educational landscape in particular. But that's neither here nor there as we continue forward here. But as we come together now and, you know, we move forward, I've had a little bit of time off. So earlier in the break, I actually took my girlfriend to a Clippers game, JC. And I know I could hear everybody saying, boo, what are you talking about? <laughs> Tickets, ass backwards and said, all right, let's do this thing, right? Because it was the beginning of break. She had only been one time to a Clippers game. So let's go. And we had a nice time, right? I mean, it was it was a nice nice little experience, nice little evening. But then, then this week against the Kings, we went to the Lakers Kings game and inside of. And I'm still sorry. I'm still gonna call it Staples Center. Sorry, I'm not sorry, but I'm still gonna call it Staples Center, JC. It's just there's no way around it for me. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. And I, and I've come up with this theory, right, as to why people are so they feel like extra connected to the name Staples Center. And I'll get into it after I share share about our experience at the game. But, you know, she's not really necessarily the biggest sports person. OK, now, obviously, since we have started dating, you know, she's gotten more and more into it because I'm into it. So we go to the Lakers game and she has some idea of what to expect, but not a real, real clear idea of what to expect. So. We enter in and we have unbelievable seats because, again, I just one of those connections. Thank you for living next door to me, Ken. As I've mentioned many times on the show, Ken and Carl are recurring characters on my end. But Ken, uh, you know, he hasn't been going to the games as frequently recently. He's almost 90 years old, for Christ's sakes. And so I've been able to go. And so we were able to go to this game and she just she finally understood. She was like this. This feels like an experience. She's like, I don't know how else to describe it. And she was having these visceral reactions during the game. And it was just phenomenal to see because, you know, obviously I've grown up my entire life being fortunate enough to go to Lakers games, you know, once a year, twice a year, a few times a year, depending upon the year. This year in particular, I've gone to four games in person. I literally cannot remember the last time I went to that many games in person of the same team. Because when I used to work in media, I would go to games, you know, fairly frequently, but not necessarily of the same teams, travel around a little bit. So as a fan, it's a different experience as well. So we go and we have this great time. And I'm sitting there watching the game. And early, JC, early, the Lakers were not playing well. In the first quarter, they they actually had a five-point deficit at the end of the first quarter of the Kings, and they were trailing at halftime. And so there was just the same level of critique that I felt. There's just no connectedness with this team. They don't play together. Everything is so hard. Everything is one on five. It's just they don't play like a cohesive unit. And I tweeted that at one point. And Darius, who I love, Darius Soriano, who runs for him, Blue and Gold, does an excellent job over there. A friend of the podcast has been on the podcast in the past. We'll have to have him back. You know, he tweeted back at me and he said, to be fair, you know, this this group has probably played together for all of 10 minutes, you know, for the entire season. And I, and I get that. I totally understand that. And I know it's 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 difficult, if not impossible, for everybody to play as connected as we'd all like all the time. But where I'm at on it is these guys are all professional basketball players and they just have to show an effort to move around. I can't just be standing around for 14, 15 seconds, try to make something happen in the last seven seconds, even if it's the most basic pick and roll something that shows some effort some willingness to work together instead of everybody being isolation everything as the game continued our excitement was was 
you know, multiplied because the Lakers started playing better. But the Lakers didn't win this game because of LeBron, as good as he was, especially toward the end. He, they won this game because of the other guys. And if the Lakers are going to, you know, move forward, even when Anthony Davis is healthy enough to return, and even when the Lakers roster looks closer to its final version than what it looks like now, they are going to have to have effort, and they are going to have to have effort from those other guys if they are going to be more than just whatever LeBron and a healthy AD can make them out to be. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that that was an entertaining game overall. And, yeah, even though, um, you know, the, the five-game losing streak, I think it, it happened during when most of the league was going through COVID, and most most teams are going through it, so it's not an excuse. And not every team lost five games the way the Lakers did. But, yeah, minus that five-game streak, you know, they've, they've, they're starting to write the ship back a little bit. And so... Yeah, some things are starting to come together. THT is playing a little bit better. He, after he had a great start, he tailed off a little bit, but he's starting to get back better. And yeah, Malik Monk has been kind of the savior for this team, and so is Stanley Johnson. He was, uh, he's been a revelation as you as you've said before. And so yeah, it's, those, those things are all starting to come together. So as we sit here and we talk about the things that are coming together for the Lakers, you know, we want to get into all those guys in more detail, JC. But as you talk about the COVID roster complications, I just feel like it's the perfect time to tell our listeners to say, listeners, please take a moment to follow Ethos Fantasy BK on Twitter. That's at Ethos Fantasy BK on Twitter, the single most dominant basketball and fantasy news feed on earth. Get all your NBA news in one handy Twitter feed. It's faster than the competition, provides more analysis. Again, Ethos Fantasy BK on Twitter. And guys, with how fast these rosters are changing every day, you, you have to, even for the people who are plugged in, who got the alerts like we do, who do this because they're passionate about it and they want to be in the front office. They want to follow all the transactions. They want to have the pulse on the action. It's so hard to keep up, JC, the amount of 10-day contracts that we've seen. I mean, at one point, I follow a great account, Hoops Rumors. It's a great aggregate account, a lot of headlines, news from around the league. They put out a tweet at one point about a week or so ago that the Hawks now had 26 players under contract, JC. That's more than training camp. I mean, this is it's absurd what teams have had to go through because of the COVID landscape. So you don't want to get lost in the sauce, especially if you're competing for something in fantasy. So make sure you follow at Ethos Fantasy BK on Twitter. Now, now that we've done that, we get back to the Lakers and we talk about the guys that you just brought up, JC, those other guys. Now. In my opinion, Lakers don't win this game against the Kings without three guys, THT, Monk, and Dwight Howard. We can talk about Dwight a little bit later, but we'll definitely talk about THT and Monk right now. JC, Malik Monk, since he's as a starter, like I, I don't want to see him come out of the starting lineup. As a starter, JC, and I talked a little bit about this on my last episode, he's averaging almost 19 points a game while shooting better than 50% from the field and better than 40% from the from the three-point line. I mean, he has been sensational. He's, and he's averaging seven and a half threes per start, by the way. So he's shooting 42.3% on seven and a half attempts per game. I mean, the guy has been nothing short of sensational. He's been exactly what this team has needed from him in terms of that scorer that's really stepped up and THT against the Kings like I told you just before we started taping to me that was his best game of the season he was super efficient from the field he wasn't taking forced or bad shots he only took two threes making one of them only had two turnovers but had six assists and two steals he was very active in facilitating things and for a guy who's not even cracking 40 percent from the field on the season 
barely cracked 22% from the three-point line. This was a very promising game for him. He played 33 minutes in a close win and was essential in the process. JC, the Lakers would love for TH to be for THC to be the wing that establishes himself away from Trevor Ariza, away from even Stanley Johnson and say away from Austin Reeves and say, hey, I'm the guy. I'm the guy you paid. I'm the guy who should be playing more. I mean, you look at the box score, and that's the story it tells from this one. THT, 33 minutes, more than Reeves, more than Avery Bradley, more than Trevor Ariza, who started this game. That's the that's the ultimate outcome for the Lakers. That's what they want to have happen here. Yeah, absolutely. And one of the, one of the things about Monk, uh, when he first signed and I looked at his highlight reel, the, the thing that I sort of envisioned it was him in the starting lineup and being one of the more athletic backcourts with him and Russell Westbrook. But one of the unsung things that people don't really talk about the effects of Malik Monk starting is he's capable of running the offense a little bit. And so it takes the ball out of Russell Westbrook's hands a little bit. And so that's part of the that could also be part of the reason why he's been turning the ball over less is because he's also just handling the ball less because now Malik can do it. LeBron can do it and Russell can do it. So it's not all on Russell to, to do most of the ball handling. I want to talk about Russell Westbrook because I feel like we have to talk about Russell Westbrook, right? Yeah. You 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 look at his productivity and a lot of people, rightfully so, are sitting here saying against uh, in their most recent game against the Kings, Russ didn't have a single turnover. Good for him. Finally, some progress on that end of the court. And obviously, that's that's amplified after having nine turnovers in the previous game and having seven turnovers a few games prior to that. I mean, it's it's clearly been an issue for him this season. He's trying to figure it out. But the turnover thing isn't new. I mean, this guy has averaged at least four turnovers per game since the 2014-15 season. Like, this isn't a low turnover player. My issue with him is is not necessarily that he needs to have zero turnovers. Like, I'm okay with him having two, three, four turnovers. But it gets to be five or more. To me, that's excessive, okay? But if you're going to facilitate an offense and you're going to have the ball in your hands a lot and you're Russell Westbrook, it's going to happen. That said, the thing that I don't like or I didn't really care for is that he was getting a lot of praise for how he played in this game. Despite the zero turnovers, JC, I don't really think he played that good of a game. He, it took him 19 shots to score 19 points. He only had two assists. He was not really active defensively. I'm glad he didn't jack up three-pointers. He still jacked up too many mid-range jumpers, still taking bad quality of shots. So I love the zero turnovers, but the two assists and the 19 points on 19 shots, I don't love that. Now you look at the box score, and you sit here and wonder, and you say, okay, the box score tells a slightly different story because Russ was a plus 17. So good things happened while he was out there. That was a game high, plus 17. But I just need him to cut down on the shots. He needs to be between 10 and 13 shots a game and no more than that. And stop taking threes. He should be attacking the basket every time, especially with his skill set and how this team could benefit from it. I, I, at one point when I was sitting at the game, JC, I just kind of exasperated, exasperated with myself. I said, what do they do with Westbrook at practice? And some people around me laughed, but I'm just it was like an honest question to myself. What do they focus on? Yeah, it's it's one of the more frustrating things that I've had. And it's it's it becomes a little bit more frustrating, especially when he talks about it, because he seems to have a lack of awareness. And, and you know, LeBron's his boy and I'm sure he's he enables them a little bit. And so does so does the team because they want to support him. It's his lack of awareness of what the problem is. And, and it's not the turnovers like he thinks it is. And it's not even so much the missed shots. It's the timing of the missed shots and clutch situations. He goes for a dunk when he can easily lay it in. And 
you know, that that can be detrimental. Um, he runs a million miles at the basket when he can just slow down a little bit and just throw the ball at the, at the backboard and, and instead of just softly roll, lay it in. The last couple of games, he sort of seems to have reined that in a little bit, and so he seems to be more aware of it. Um, but, yeah, it's when it's when he tries to go a million miles an hour, and I know that's that's the way he's gone his whole life and his whole career, but it's like sometimes it's okay to slow down and be a little more in the moment and figure out what's going to be best for your team. Is it going to be a thunderous dunk? As awesome as that would be, if you can't do it, don't do it. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. I used to play softball with a guy who used to call our Russell Westbrook of the team. He was our leadoff hitter, and he was so fast, man. I mean, home to home, like you wouldn't even believe this guy ran around the bases. But the problem was the same. He only played at one speed, and when he messed something up, he got so into it, into his head, and he wound up one time just walking off the field, pulling in Antonio Brown, for lack of a better way to say it, and literally just walking off the field saying, I'm not going to play with you guys anymore, whatever. And he got so down in the dumps. And it's just like, dude, you you have to be more aware about it. Like when people give you feedback, it's not because it's a critique on you. It's because we're trying to help you, man. If we didn't care, we'd say, just get the hell out of here, you know? So with Westbrook, I think that there's this ideology that, you know, they, they like you said, they want to support him. But at the same time, like part of that accountability, and that's the piece for me, has to be, hey, man, you got to buy into this. This is what we need from you on this team right now. And you you have the capability to do it. And some nights it might be a little more, some nights it, be, it might be a little less. But here's what we need from you. 
And I feel like that's like on a team that has led by LeBron, that has Anthony Davis, that has these veteran voices in the room. That's what we heard about is, hey, we won't be afraid to speak up now. I'm still waiting for that first person to kind of grab this locker room by the balls and say, guys, what are we doing in here? And I think Frank Vogel has some, not not fear, but maybe some hesitation about that because, you know, LeBron is so dominant and such a voice. And Anthony Davis, you know, he's talked about needing to be a better leader, especially when he was in and LeBron was out with injury earlier this year. He basically said, look, they're, they're building this team around me. That's a role I need to be more comfortable in. So for me, that's the next stage of the evolution that I'm looking from him in. And when I was at the game watching him, that was something that I wanted to see a little bit more of that I didn't see as much of, of him being involved in timeouts, of him saying things to guys. Like he's having conversations with guys, not like he's sitting at the end of the bench checked out, but I want him to really be involved in the game. Like that's one thing that you really saw from Rondo, who we'll talk about next, because obviously we got to talk about him too. That's one thing that we always saw from Rondo, no matter how much he played, if he was hurt, whatever, he was always in the game trying to give guys advice. And that's what will make him, you know, a really good coach one day. I'm not saying Andy Davis has to be a coach, but if you're going to be the superstar of the Lakers, you need to embrace that leadership role, even and especially when it's uncomfortable. Yeah, absolutely. I've I've kind of noticed that too. I've been looking at what Anthony Davis has been doing on the sideline, and it it's it hasn't been. I mean, it hasn't been discouraging, but it hasn't really been encouraging either. Exactly, it's been very neutral. So you know, still time for him to grow into that role, but that's something that I'm definitely looking for him going forward as we move forward with this Lakers team. Hopefully, as you said, we don't have a three game win streak. First time in a while, followed by a five game losing streak would be great for the Lakers if they could finish out this homestand feeling good about themselves, get a few games over 500 before they hit the road because the schedule schedule really toughens up. Next two games will be exactly the midway point in the season, ladies and gentlemen. Lakers are 20 and 19 as of the time of this podcast being recorded. You got 41 games at the halfway point in an 82 game season. So exactly halfway in a matter of moments and the Lakers are, are going to be firmly in the spotlight in terms of what direction their season takes. Now, JC, we talked about Stanley Johnson being back, obviously Rondo being traded to the Cleveland Cavaliers in a three-team deal that saw Denzel Valentine come to the Lakers before the Lakers routed him to the Knicks, before the Knicks waved goodbye. And really all it was was the Knicks doing the Lakers a favor and the Lakers having to pay less on the back end when it comes to some salary cap machinations. So we appreciate that from the Knicks. Denzel was never going to be acquired to be a roster spot in L.A. Lakers have re-signed Stanley Johnson to a 10-day deal. It seems like he will be signed for the rest of the season uh, once his next 10-day expires, unless something miraculous happens in terms of uh, somebody becoming unexpectedly available. JC, obviously the Lakers, like a lot of teams, are not going to be done with COVID protocols for the rest of the way here. But you know, regardless of whether Stanley, Stanley Johnson – is here on a 10-day, on a rest-of-season contract, whatever. He is the kind of player who could really help benefit this team as not only a defensive, uh, you know, with defensive intensity and effort. So much of defensive intensity is effort, and that's what he brings. But I think offensively, he's been a little bit more aggressive than I would have expected and has seemed to be a little bit more confident than what I can remember. And it helps that he's playing for his spot in the NBA, don't get me wrong. I mean, look, we saw Lance Stevenson have a 20-point quarter in a 30-point game. So guys can get motivation from all sorts of different places, right? Lance Stevenson back in the NBA with the Pacers now uh, after spending some time with the Hawks. Been some great names come through the NBA, JC. I mean, really, it's like we're, we're just waiting on Brian Scalabrini to sign that contract, right? Like, please, that's all we yeah. need. Um, that all said, you know, for me, what I'm looking for now is I think Stanley Johnson will be around for the rest of the season, JC. But, you know, we've, we've kind of alluded to it before. I said it on my last episode as well. There are multiple guys on this roster who I feel like don't really have a spot on this team. Rondo was one of them. But for me... DeAndre Jordan, who we've talked about. For me, 
besides besides DeAndre, it's also Kim Bazemore. Both of those guys now being mentioned in tr- quote unquote trade rumors. And for me, most notably, and I and I feel like weird saying this, saying most notably because he's a two way player. But at a time where the Lakers desperately need help at the center position, you got this big man, this Jay Huff, this mystery man, who's standing there, who's incapable of playing. I mean, at a time when the Lakers are so desperate for help inside, if he's not able to come on the court, why is he on a two-way? What, what is his purpose on this team? So I feel like the Lakers still have a cu- at least a couple, if not a few, roster spots where they can really start to change things up and get players who are just better equipped for this team. Because as we saw against the Kings, Dwight Howard is more the, the center that this team needs when they need to go big than DeAndre Jordan will ever be. Yeah, he's he's playing. he's going back to playing uh... – I forgot who it was that tweeted it, but basically they said that Dwight's playing back like he's he doesn't know when he's going to see minutes again, uh, which is true. Like you never know when when they're going to decide to go small with LeBron at center because I think what they've discovered now is unless you're playing like a Rudy Gobert or Nikola Jokic, you can go with LeBron at center and Russell Westbrook and Malik Monk and then just put two other wings out there, whether they be Avery Bradley or Ariza or THT and potentially Kendrick Nunn when he comes back because he's right around the corner. And so, yeah, there's there's ways they can – or even Carmelo Anthony, which we haven't even talked about this episode. Um, so there's definitely ways to go if you're going to go small with LeBron. But, yeah, if you're going to go big, Dwight seems to have claimed uh, that role finally. I'm curious as to what the Lakers plan to do, as you just said, uh, Ken, uh, with Kendrick Nunn's return. Uh, because they're going to have to clear a roster spot. And I don't think Stanley Johnson is going to be the uh, casualty when it comes to that. And so if Kent Bazemore isn't going to play, uh, I can't imagine he's going to be traded for anything. The same thing is true of DeAndre Jordan. So Lakers may just have to bite the bullet and say, look, you know, we're going to release these guys. They're on minimum contracts anyway. The idea of DeAndre Jordan was always better than the reality of him at this point in his career. You know, we hoped he could play that JaVale McGee role. He hasn't even proved capable of that. Dwight Howard is, is, you know, much better adept at sort of performing in this capacity than DeAndre Jordan was. DeAndre Jordan was a starter for a long time and then sort of failed to ad- adapt to that backup center role, limited minutes role, never really kind of got his, his legs under him. And like former teammate Blake Griffin, when his athleticism sort of left him to a, to a certain extent, a lot of his game did too because he never developed other parts of it to the extent where he should have. So now you have these couple of guys Lakers could play roster spot roulette with. But in the interim, JC, something we haven't talked about, which is connected to all these trade rumors, COVID landscape, all those things. DeMarcus Cousins was back in the NBA with the Bucs. Next, we showed out pretty well. All of a sudden, the Bucs said, hey, thanks, man, but uh, we'll see you later. Right now, DeMarcus Cousins is a better fit than Andre Jordan for this team. Do you think the Lakers would entertain a reunion in any capacity with with DeMarcus Cousins? And I only ask because they never really got to see what it would look like. Yeah, I mean, I think so. I think he's he's someone who, when Anthony Davis comes back, you can go with a big lineup of Cousins, Davis, LeBron, even potentially Carmelo Anthony, and then whatever point guard you want to put in there, whether it be Russell Westbrook or Malik Monk or whoever, and and that's a lineup that can that can spread out anywhere on the court because Demarcus can shoot threes. Anthony Davis does shoot threes, even though he can't really this year. Um, but it does sort of spread out the the floor entirely uh, if they were to sign him. And so, yeah, you can run pick and rolls with him. He's still an okay rim protector. You know, he's not going to be, you know, he's not going to light up the world like he did in, in New Orleans and Sacramento. 
before his Achilles injury. But yeah, he put up really good numbers. And I think with him at this point in his career, it comes down to, I tweeted this earlier today, it comes down to kind of two factors, familiarity and a playoff contender and potentially playing time. And so that's kind of why I ruled out the Nets is there's a lack of familiarity and there's also a non-guaranteed playing time in Brooklyn. Um, so it seems like the Warriors or the Lakers might be some of the two of the more likely destinations for him. If not, like I don't, I don't like why would he go back to Sacramento or New Orleans? <laughs> definitely not going to Sacramento. That, <laughs> that I think we can rule out for sure. Uh, yeah. New Orleans doesn't seem to make us a lot of sense either. I don't think New Orleans even knows what they're doing these days. Uh, they are just burying themselves under a world of trouble, not knowing what Zion's future looks like. Uh, Brandon Ingram is probably a matter of time before he's pissed off down there. That is just David Griffin's worst nightmare happening in New Orleans right now. So fortunately, uh, that is not going to be the Lakers' problem at this time. Uh, but the Lakers have plenty of problems on their own. So that's the flip side of that equation, JC. When we sit yeah. here and do these podcasts, you know, we talk about it. We have this brand new daily fantasy partner at Sports Ethos. These are the ways that we make our shows go. So we got to talk about them. Their name, Thrive Fantasy. Prop up with Thrive Fantasy on their mobile app or thrivefantasy.com. Use our code ethos when you sign up to get a 100% deposit match bonus on your first deposit up to 100 bucks plus either two or four free game tickets to play. Pick player props on the biggest names, playing every night, score points when your props hit, and the players with the most points win a share of the nightly prize money. Check out our Sports Ethos DFS team or podcast for advice on winners. Again, that code is ethos over at thrivefantasy.com. JC, any fantasy basketball teams for you in the works uh, this particular season? Uh, not really. I don't do a lot of fantasy basketball. I've spent a lot of time uh, uh, gambling, uh, you know, just on football and fantasy football. <laughs> Congratulations. That's a beautiful thing. Uh, I have I have had three different teams this year uh one of one team i was asked to do at the last minute and i just sort of agreed i hate the format for it i don't pay it a lot of attention but the other two i'm very you know invested in because it's with my buddies from long time to you know high school college all along the way there and it has been an absolute nightmare trying to do anything fantasy basketball related because of the COVID complications, much like we saw in football. And I'm sure we'll see in baseball, assuming that they play their season this year and they're not locked out. Uh, but it's it's been a nightmare. And at one point, I think I had like seven guys on the I.L. all at the same time. I know one team I have, Luca, LaMelo, and Tatum. Yes, I have all three on the same team. Uh, all of them were on the COVID or injured list at the same time. So that was really not a fun week or two there. But for all the nonsense that's going on, it's still nice to have basketball on TV and, of course, the Lakers to watch. Hopefully, as this Lakers team moves forward, they can continue to get healthier. Kendrick Nunn com coming back would be very exciting. I think it would give uh, – it, it's, it's exciting, but it's also sort of a – Ugh, another thing that the Lakers have to change to figure out how to integrate again. But I'm sure they're starting to do that in the practice time that they have. And, JC, I feel like before we sort of start to wrap up this episode, we just got to give another a, a nod to LeBron James here. I mean, the guy on what I will forever and always now refer to as your guys' birthday. I mean, he he's 37 years old, which, you know, in normal human time is, is not old. But in basketball player world, that's like ancient. You're dust already. And the guy is just... 
been freaking unbelievable. I mean, he's the the Lakers were on a stretch in which they went two and five, you know, just just recently before uh, the the game the game against the Kings. So now three and five. LeBron was averaging thirty six, eleven and six on like sixty percent shooting. I mean, it's just I, it's it's insane what he's been able to do. And you know, he's actually posting his most ridiculous numbers of the season as the Lakers starting center. You know, as a starting center, JC LeBron is averaging thirty three points with nine rebounds, six assists, a steal and a half, a block and a half, and shooting 41% from three, let alone his 53.5% from, from overall from the field. I mean, the guy has just been a freak of nature. We've talked a lot about LeBron looking human. Well, he looks very healthy right now, which is a great thing for this Lakers team because God knows they need him. But as long as those other guys continue to step up, if the Lakers can get you know, Malik Monk to go for 20 and Dwight Howard to go for double digits and THT to go for double digits, just to use the game against the Kings as the example, those three guys, just those three guys alone, they combine for what, 43, 57 points between the two of them. So that's more points than LeBron and Westbrook combined. When the Lakers get that level of production from those guys, they're going to be in a good spot. And especially because Melo barely scratched the scoring sheet. He only had eight points in his 17 minutes. So We'll see what the Lakers look like, but as long as the other guys keep stepping up, JC, I feel like the Lakers can keep up with these other teams. But the schedule is going to get challenging, so that will be the greatest tell of what this Lakers team will look like going forward. Any final thoughts to wrap up on for you? No, I mean, that's the the people are making a lot of the remaining schedule being harder, but I think I think this is a, they'll just have to have the mentality of iron sharpens iron, and uh, they, they can't play down to the competition if they're going to have the more difficult schedule remaining. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm looking for them to kind of shore things up, sharpen things up. And yeah, hopefully LeBron plays better and better as the playoffs get closer and closer. Let's do it, man. You know, from, from your lips to, to the basketball God's ears, of course, you follow us at Ethos Lakers. You follow JC at JC Deleon one. You follow me at Ethan underscore Noroff. And until next time, go Lakers. Cause we out. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com.